Yas Queen, uh, we are. <laughs> mm. Thanks for getting us off on that foot. <laughs> it felt right. I don't know. No, just kidding. It felt just not right at all. Yeah, not for me. Uh, episode four. Episode four. We are in it. We're in episode four. I think at this point, too many people know about this. We can't quit. Yeah, we're in this for at least a hundred. I think. I know. Speaking of being in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, big news for me. Got engaged last night. Oh! To be married. Yeah, to my my fiance now, Anna. Talk about her. What do you love about her? Oh man, (laughs) too much to even get into. Probably. Um, She's great. She's Colombian. Big fan of that. Gonna the the next the next generation of that. The next generation of Stanleys are gonna get sunburned a lot less. You're not a patriot. And that's You're my not a patriot. Yeah, is this treasonous? Actually, no. She's born in a different country. She's the best. I can confirm. She's awesome. Last night was really fun. Lots of family. Proposed outdoors. The rain stopped just in time. That was good. Yeah, everyone's gonna ask. Just give me like a super quick story. Um, How did you do it? Where were you? We're going to Hawaii on Saturday. So for some reason, I hadn't thought like, hey, it'd probably be fun if we were engaged before we did this trip to Hawaii. Um, I'm going for a gig and. So it's, but they also hired my parents to speak at this conference. Normal fundraiser. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be like an engagement honeymoon, but my parents are going to be there, and we're going to be in separate rooms. So pretty much just like a a real honeymoon, probably. Um, but it was great. It was outside. She thought we were going to be celebrating my brother in law's birthday at my parents' house, but it turns out it was for us to get engaged. And then all of her family was also there. Her did sister your, did drove. Your bro- did your brother in law know? <laughs> Or was he thinking it was, yeah, was going like, to be hey, his man, birthday? I, it, is, it was actually his birthday. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, hey, man, I know you probably have birthday plans, but would you rather do this instead? And he was like, he was so cool about it. They came, and then they went and had their birthday dinner after. That's great. So it was awesome. Uh, I'm really excited to start writing a lot of sex jokes now. Um, yeah, because you can legally now. Yeah, once I'm married, I can tell as many sex jokes as I want, mm-hmm. uh, which will be, a, I don't know how much. Um, but uh, what's going on with you? Anything <laughs> as good as what's going on with me? Um, no, no, I am, uh, I have no one. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm happier than that sounds. Yeah. What I, what I do have, you know who, you know who I do have? Uh, who? I have Tim Willard. Tim Willard is our guest for today. Yeah, he is unbelievable. He is the, uh, national portfolio manager at European sellers. So he is, what that means is he is the guy at European Cellars selling all kinds of wine. He's a wine expert. He is an advanced sommelier yep. uh, via the Court of Master Sommeliers. That sounds, sounds really impressive. You might be thinking, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, is he a knight? You know what I mean? I was, what is that? I was thinking that. Exactly. Uh, you're going to find out. We talk all about wine. Uh, he brought a couple bottles for us to try, which is very nice. Yep. And then something you should definitely wait for. Don't turn it off. Um, I crowdsourced via Instagram some questions, you know, because he know he's down to earth, right? Mm-hmm. He's just he's one of us. Yeah, he's able to speak to us at our level, which is entry level. Yeah, exactly. So we had some people ask questions about, you know, like if you're going to the grocery store on a budget, like what should I get? Uh, are people kind of making stuff up when they say, "Hmm, I smelled lumber and bulldozers in this," yeah. you know? Because we're all like, that's a little pretentious. We all kind of know it. So he was yeah. very candid. He is just the smartest guy. Uh, and it's a great conversation. Yeah, I did get notes of Bulldozer from this last one we tried. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. Um, for those of you that might be upset that we're talking about wine, I'm just really sorry. I didn't want to do this. This is my first time trying alcohol, Mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just don't call the police on us. <laughs> Please. We already talked about sex and alcohol. This is... Do I have to put the little explicit oh, sign? Oh, there's going to be an E by this one. Oh, no. I know it. Um, uh, but but before yeah. we get into our conversation with Tim Willard, um, we do need to shout out our sponsor. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we have one that we have an ad today. Is this a new company? This is a new company. Um, okay. You know, it's from a real company that it might sound like it's from the brain of our first guest, Seanic Godkindy. Oh, this, is, this ad is brought to us by Seanic. Okay, so this is um, his company? Well, this is... Uh, this is no, this it is says, a different company. But It says that I'm supposed to read this in a southern accent. Mm-hmm. So, okay, here we go. I'm going to struggle with this, I can tell. Uh, is your son a disrespectful jerk? Is he a lying, conniving scoundrel with no respect for authority? Are you tired of having him put... Are you tired of having him around the house and praying to your God for some gosh darn peace and quiet? Well, then come on down to 6th and Willow to see... Farsley the troll. <laughs> to see Farsley the troll, he'll eat your son. <laughs> Farsley is a river troll. <laughs> a river troll who has seven decades of experience in eating sons. <laughs> he likes him skinny, tall, porky, short. It don't matter to Farsley. <laughs> he'll eat any kind of son anywhere. The, pro- the process is quick, easy, and for an extra $12, you can even watch. Get your weeknights back, free up your weekends, and create a sense of sun-free harmony in your home. Come see Farsley the River Troll. He's hungry. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that thank is... you to um, Farsley the River Troll and Seanic Godkendi for bringing this business to our attention and yep. for um, sponsoring this episode. Wow, you we'll have that. to get Farsley on one of these. We should have <laughs> We should have Farsley on for live feeding. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were are, you were worried about Joey Chestnut and I mean I was worried. Dude, what <laughs> if Farsley the River Troll is Joey Chestnut? Oh. I, yeah, ever, that's him did you in ever the think season, about that when he takes off his human suit. Yeah, he's got to do something the rest of the year. He's eating sons. Yeah, and if they're different people, that's a pay-per-view I'd pay for right there. <laughs> I'd pay for that view. I know. Uh, cool. Um, well, we'll get into the episode. Oh, first, I uh, want to get back from... This episode's going to come out in like a week, so I, I want to plug... I'm back doing stand-up. I oh, want to tell people when I have shows. The world is halfway open. On uh, other podcasts, I've heard comedians do this, so here we go. Let's see. Laughing Skull Lounge, doing a spot on July 17th, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, LaGrange, Georgia, July 22, headlining. You can check my website for those details. I'm going to be at a homeschool convention in Jacksonville, Florida, on July 23rd. You can't go to that. You must uh, be a part of the convention, but you could, if you want to buy tickets to the whole convention just to come see me for an hour, that is an option, <laughs> Jacksonvillians. Um, Goshen, Indiana, for the Access Conference. On July 28th, July 29th, my monthly show at NoFo Brewing in Cumming, Georgia, where I host and bring in some of my favorite comedians. Wait, when is that? In the Atlanta area, July 29th. Am I doing that? You? Oh yeah, Aaron, do you want to do it? I mean, this I haven't done stand up in a year, but I might do it. Aaron might do stand up for the first time in over a year. All right, wait, on we should do it. The 29th, July 29th, right, NoFo Brewing. We'll report back on how it goes. I might okay. even I might even record it in my pocket just to see if it's just pure silence. We can. We'll have it. another episode before this. We'll talk more about it. Yeah, before that. Um, okay, well, yeah, that's enough. That's enough dates. I have so many more on my website if you want to see. Cool. Well, let's not talk about you anymore. Yeah, that's enough. And let's, uh, let's talk to our good friend Tim Willard. Uh, open a glass of wine. That isn't how, that's not how that works. Open a bottle of wine. Crack open a <laughs> box of wine. Yep. Yeah, we talk about box wine, too. Is that cool? Is that not cool? What does a sommelier say about it? You got to listen to the whole episode to find out. So please listen to our conversation with Mr. Tim Willard. All right, we are sweaty and ready. We're doing it. Tim Willard, thank you for joining us. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, boys. Excited to be here. Yeah, sorry he said that thing about being sweaty and ready. We did, he did, we did not discuss that before he. <laughs> no, I didn't play. get approval, but we all, we did say we're sweaty. And in the room, I mean, it it, it does read as correct. That's yeah. true. Well, this is our first video podcast too. Well, at least we this might not work, but we're trying to record it on video. There's a good chance you guys never see any video from this, but uh, we are trying it. We are trying, and that's my defense mechanism. If I'm sweaty, and I know I'm sweating, I have to say something so the person's not thinking like he's really sweaty. I wonder if he knows. You got to beat him to the punch. Yeah, it's like I know. Yeah, I know. Totally. But I'm still I know, here. and I'm fine with it. So right. get with the program. We have no no secrets with our accountability partners. Is that our listeners' names? That uh, you you brought it into the <laughs> second episode. It was mentioned. 
Okay, let's. Uh, we have a third person. Let's go. Um, Tim, how much wine have you had today? Just enough to make sure that the wines that I brought are suitable to pour for you two. Okay. So no wine today before this uh, episode. Yeah. So you did like a wine tasting for the tasting. Right. A little bit. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So let's talk about how we know you. Because Andrew and I are not classy wine boys. Yeah, we would never have met at a vineyard or anything like that. Right. Uh, no. We, I could say how we met. Uh, during COVID, poor little stand-up comedian Andrew did not have much going on. And Tim, you know, you're used to doing all these wine events, and you didn't have a lot going on. But unlike me, you took action and created your own events. And Tim was doing virtual wine tastings during COVID. It was nice enough to invite me to do stand-up virtually for the people that were tasting wine. Yeah, so looking back on it, it feels almost a little predatory. Like I was like, hey, you don't have anything to do, and I've got a venue. I'll give you like a bottle of wine if you'll perform on my show. (laughs) And that's kind of how it went. And most people loved it. Yeah, most people, yeah. I usually focus on the ones that like are like, oh, the comedian's on, we'll take our bathroom break now. (laughs) That's how Um, most small stand-up shows work though it's like perform and we'll give you a beer like that's kind of people are used to that oh yeah Yeah. i've been paid in far less than a nice bottle of wine yeah for sure yeah so that's i mean hey don't feel no predatory behavior here the musicians same thing i just gave them some wine and they performed it was it was great you had some goofballs on that show yet who's the lobster guy uh, Lobby Dom. Yeah, Dylan Lob- Moore. Lobster Domus. That's what he Lobster called, right? Domus. Well, maybe, Tim, walk us through what those events were, how you came up with that idea, and how you got to having not only well-known wine people on to talk about the wines people are tasting, but then also musicians and comedians. And Yeah, sure. I, I think um, like anyone that does public events, uh, you realize pretty quickly what holds people's attention and what doesn't. Like. And for me in the world of wine or, or any presentation, as soon as I feel people like slipping away into the ether, i like my red flags go up and it's like, how do I change this? How do I get them back in? And with wine presentations, most people want to tell you everything they know about the wine. And that's like the best way to just lose people, right? People want to drink <laughs> and have some fun. <clears throat> yeah. So I tried to, and in COVID, same as everyone else, like, you just couldn't be around people anymore. So I'd seen some other people doing this and I decided to make my wine show more like a variety show where people could come and drink and be more about the experience of, of feeling like you're with people. And I started with music cause I think that's maybe the easiest uh, way to do it. And as the show grew, um, you know, comedy, I think came up through our mutual friend, Ben, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron's neighbor. And so Aaron put me in touch with Andy and, uh, turns out we have some other connections as well. Yeah. Uh, so mutual friends. Yeah. It was very fun. Yeah. And yeah. How, how that happened for me is, um, early in COVID, you know, it was the first place I've ever lived alone without having roommates. Um, a terrible time to move in somewhere alone. And then the world shuts, shuts down. <laughs> and my neighbors were out on our back, like shared porch situation. We all have four doors that go into a deck that go down to our parking lot and they were sitting out there watching a computer having wine and i was like what's going on we were only like wave hello neighbors we were never actually pals and they're like oh our friend does this zoom wine show um like come hang out and so i did and i I brought charcuterie in the form of lunchables (laughs) it was very fun we had a great night um and now they're two of my really good friends ben and jess I, i just saw them before i came here Um, and that was kind of like what got me through COVID a little bit was those relationships. Thanks to Tim Willard right here. I'm going to cry. Yeah. New, (laughs) new friends were limited to who lives next to me Yeah, and Tim made that happen for Aaron. Yeah. And that's crazy. I had no clue that you had just moved in and we're not longtime friends with Ben and Jessica. Yeah. No, I, we never really spoke. Yeah. I thought Ben was a very sweaty weirdo. Yeah. Which was Mildly comforting for you. That's true. Yeah. But then we bonded over, uh, you know, some alcohol on Wednesday nights. It was fun. Yeah. Looking back on the wine show, too, I think that most of the time we tasted through three bottles of wine. Mm -hmm. And most of the people tuning in were couples because it's COVID, right? So maybe your roommates and there's four people. 
I think everyone had like this free pass to feel like if they opened three bottles to taste, they should probably drink as much of them as they could. (laughs) And so I think that helped with the popularity. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think people were just like, whether they actually enjoyed it or not, by the end of it, they had had enough alcohol to feel like it was a good time. Well, anybody, everybody was just looking for a sense of community at that time because whatever you had was gone. And it's like, how can we do anything with other people and in a safe way? And you totally made that happen. I think so. on, a, on a serious note, though, I did get lots of texts and DMs and emails saying, you don't know how much I needed this. I, I've been so lonely. And this felt like this, you know, is really nothing that I ever expected. Or, or I guess I didn't realize the depths of what the pandemic did to some people's sort of emotional, mental state. And so, you know, this was a fun release for a lot of people. And I did try to make it educational as well. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of different ways to do that. You know, like if people are in transition or down on their luck, you can either be a cult leader (laughs) and scoop them up or do a zoom wine show. That's the the main way. Mm -hmm. And then there's the way Tim did it. Right. So, I mean, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like I could, <laughs> I mean, I, a, a wine cult, I might do that. I mean, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, that'd be great. Tim, how did you? Let's go. Let's go back way back. How did you get into wine? How old were you when you tried wine for the first time? When did you know? Like, I think this is what my job is going to be. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. at a high school party, was everyone only... everyone's drinking like Natty Light, and you're like. I have Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Right. Don't uh, invite Tim to the party. He's a weirdo. Yeah. Natty Light was definitely the, wine pong. The, the choice of beer in high school. Yeah. Um, no, I, I started in the restaurant business when I was really young. I actually remember I was hanging out with two of my buddies down in their basement. I think we were probably like 14. And one of them had got a job like waiting tables or being a server assistant or something. Anyway, they both had jobs. And I grew up in a working class family, so I always had a job like mowing lawns or doing whatever. But like they had a a job where like a company was paying them and I was like, I got to get in on this. So I started washing dishes when I was, I think, 14. And my whole life worked in the restaurant business, in the kitchen, and then did some bartending in college. And then when I moved to South Carolina, to Charleston, after finishing uh, my undergraduate degree, I started waiting tables because I couldn't get a bartending job, and that's really what I wanted to do. And I, I ended up at a pretty fancy resort called Kiowa Island Golf Resort and the Sanctuary Hotel, five star, five diamond. All you know, they train you for a year before they let you even like say hello to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you quickly learn there that if you sell, you know, a three hundred dollar bottle of wine, that's like sixty bucks in your pocket on top of what the the dinner tip was. Right. You know? And so you know, it's just good training, a little bit of learning and, and sort of that hustle of, wow, if I just put a little bit of effort into this, if I can, if I can say two words that click with the person that makes them buy the $150 bottle instead of the $50 bottle, like that's some money in my pocket. That sounds pretty predatory. I don't want people (laughs) to take away the impression that everyone's just trying to upsell them. No, but it's sales, right? I mean, you learn sales. And, um, you know, I, I think that, propelled me into a couple other jobs. I worked at a, a, a place that's still very near and dear to my heart called Fig Restaurant in Charleston uh, under some great chefs. And they really took me under their wing and let me start sitting in on wine tastings to, to build the wine program and, and actually took my input. Um, and then they actually offered to pay for my education. So through the wow. certification processes. Um, and that was great. That's really, you know, I, I read a book about sommeliers. I'd never really, you know, knew that it was a, even a possibility. I mean, the Southeast is a pretty small market mm-hmm. when it comes. We've got a lot of great things here. Don't get me wrong. But well, yeah, we're like four loco people yeah. at heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, I took a couple tests and just kind of caught the bug. And I was actually pursuing my master's degree at the time. And, um, all I had to do was finish my thesis and, and I, you know, I was done with the classes. And so I finally, I I was going to just abandon it. I was like done with it. I was loving work and wine. And uh, my wife was like, don't be stupid. And it turns out you should listen to your wife when she says, don't be stupid. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, I finished my master's, but had no interest in, I think I maybe put out like three applications for jobs. Yeah. You knew you were destined. Did, for didn't take an interview. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, that's when, um, 
that's when it really kind of hit full fledged that that wine was going to do it for me. That's awesome. <clears throat> what is, what is so you're a sommelier? Yeah. What does that mean? I know it's a wine expert that you can detect all of the secret notes and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think that we glamorize the word sommelier a little bit. It's it's actually just a wine steward. And so you could be a sommelier. I mean... I couldn't, but oh, thank oh. you. <laughs> Technically, I understand. Even it's, Aaron I think, no. could do it. Well, I think what well, I was talking to Andrew, uh, people can't... Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I get that, yeah. yeah. Andrew's more likely, yes. Uh, yeah. No, but I mean, thank really, you. a lot of it's grunt work, you know? It's it's counting bottles and, and changing pricing right. and putting away like boxes. the wine expert and, at this yeah. establishment. Sure. And, you know, I mean, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago now, maybe 20 years ago, a chef was like, you didn't know chefs, you know? There were a couple that you, like, everyone knew. But for the most part, like... You were just some greasy dude in the kitchen that like mm. hopefully made my food good, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we glamorized this chef life and now chefs are these rock stars and, and sommeliers kind of followed maybe maybe a decade behind that to where now it's at a fever pitch of, you know, the whole certification process. The you know, yeah. there's a few different certifications, kind of terminal degrees through these different certification bodies that you know, it's an exclusive club. Less than three hundred people in the world are master sommeliers. Uh, so that's the that's the black belt. Those are the Navy SEALs. Yeah, through the court of master sommeliers, which I studied through in the restaurant business, master sommelier is the highest that you can get to. Then there's another certification. SEAL Team Six. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty intense. You know. Yeah. Then there's a master of wine through um, Wine Spirits and Education Trust or WSET. And, um, is that the same level or is that above? No, so there it's two divergent paths. So there's, I think there's maybe six people in the world that are both master of wine and master sommelier. Whoa. Who even judges them? The other five? Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like working uh, for to, Subway to, and Blimpy. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's really intense. I mean, I, you have to be um, like a high functioning personnel, almost on a different level. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I, I am neither that's of those. Awesome. So to that's be, what to, you are. To be, yeah. Yeah, to be clear, I have achieved neither of those. Um, <laughs> I passed the advanced level through the Court of Master Sommeliers. How many are at your level out there? I think in the U.S. there's about six or seven hundred people. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's a small so group. Exclusive. You can all fit in so, one room. So yeah, and you know those numbers could be a year old or more. There there might be more now, but but it's it's a pretty small group. And uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's also been some scandal that has gone through uh, the Court of Master Sommeliers um, I, I in the could, last I, year. I can't. I don't know how to express how little I've heard about this. Yeah. Well, I have no yeah. idea. I did not see that on Twitter. <laughs> no. I did not even see it in my wine magazines. Yeah. That I get. Wine, wine monthly. I don't. Well, I, right. I th- yeah. Wine monthly. I get wine monthly, but it's W H I N E. Yeah. Just people complain. Uh, there, it, we'll it's um, unfortunately it has been a, a, a gatekeeper group that has been very exclusive of minorities they're white dudes of women it is is it is is an old white man's club and um there's also been a lot of uh sexual harassment and um like pay for play sexual favor kind of stuff that went on and some really strong women came forward and uh grouped together and uh it came out in kind of some bombshell reporting uh I think, yeah, earlier this year or maybe late last year. I'm not sure the exact date. Wow. But um, a lot of master sommeliers turned in their pins. Um, Whoa. Uh, and, yeah, so, you know, um, I think on some level when you glamorize the certification so much that it overshadows humanity. Yeah, <laughs> it's a power thing. Right? Yeah, it really People turns into People handle power a, badly a lot. Yeah, so this was like a really gross perfect example of that oh man people handling power badly i'm never drinking wine again yeah so unfortunately Except for <laughs> yeah what is this we have here <laughs> yeah, so uh, tim, i brought i brought a couple wines today tim <laughs> the, the real reason we had tim on is that he always brings awesome wine with him everywhere he goes pretty much mm-hmm. and so what do you have for us here today uh so you guys are gonna this is a you guys are gonna get to hear us drink stuff you guys hear that that is you not, can't have any that is not Aaron peeing. That is Tim <laughs> pouring white wine. Hopefully that won't happen on this episode. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I now work. Uh, I jumped ship from the restaurant industry uh, about six years ago and started working for a wine importer, 
which is pretty awesome. We are the direct relationship um, from the farmer. If you work for a small company that actually deals with farmers and not, you know, massive companies, um, we, you know, we go visit these people. We taste their wine at their, on their farms, on their land, and then say, hey, we want to, we want to represent you in the U.S. And then we find them distribution partners, and then work with those distribution partners to find homes at restaurants and retail shops. And so this has been probably the most rewarding. And so anyway, I brought two of our growers from two different, uh, two very different places in the world. One, uh, what we're drinking now is from Loire Valley, France, um, a little place called Muscadet. And so a lot of people refer to the grape as Muscadet. The grape name is Melon de Bourgogne. So Melon of Burgundy. Kind of, well, awesome. what do you guys do think? You, do you speak French at this point? Uh, I do not speak French. But you know a lot of words. You know this. I you know, know the feeling words. I have right now, hearing him describe that, is the exact feeling I have whenever I'm at a nice restaurant and I'm at, and I make the mistake of asking the server, <laughs> "What kind of wine should I get?" And they start talking like you're mm. just talking, and I'm just like, mm, "Yeah, sounds good." Yeah. So, and that's see, that's actually the problem. I. We that's a trap, right? We don't want to lose. But what you. else could you say? I don't. I wouldn't understand anything. You're a fly, I don't know, You're a flying a spider's web at that point. If you get the I wrong ask. person. Why right. did I ask? Because I'm not going to know that. It's like when I try to talk to my mechanic, I'm like, so what do I need done again? Uh, do you guys ever do that thing where you look up some terminology so when you talk to your mechanic, you can sound like you might know what the problem is? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm always like, yeah, it could be the struts. I mean, I'm not sure, but it could be. Right. Well, that's also exactly what I'm doing right now, spinning this glass and sniffing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that because you're here. I've seen George Clooney do that in a movie before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I saw just, sideways. Just in case the video doesn't come out, Aaron is actually holding the stem and it's just spinning the stem. He's not actually swirling the wine. The, wine, <laughs> the glass is moving. The I, wine is still. I, it's I, actually more impressive, but <laughs> less effective. Wow. I, I did pour them a little too much wine um, for these super... Well, wait, hold on. We need to do that. Hey, put that down, Andrew. Yeah. And I want you to go through, uh, ex- like, experience the wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have to describe what I'm yeah, doing pick for it the up. listeners. Okay, so here's what I would do if someone had just poured this for me. Yeah, and we we tell him what he's doing wrong. All right, I'm going to pick it up right here. Probably mm-hmm. already wrong. I'm going to do this. I've been told to uh, do that for a few minutes. I twirl it. And then I watch the I watch how the walls fall down. Let him do it all the way before you stop him. And that is supposed to tell me uh, how good it is. If it's thicker, then it's better, and if it's thinner, it is worse. And this I'm pretty sure actually about all this stuff. Um, And then I will kind of just look at it, and I'll see if I hold up fingers behind it if I can see that how many. And then I will smell it. And just kind of look, touch it a little bit on the tip of my nose. Just get my tip of my nose. That's what had where you that touch um, it. You touched it to the wine to the tip of your nose. That's where that phrase comes from. Um, get your nose wet. Get it when they say I'm so just gonna not, get my nose wet. Not the glass. You actually touch the wine to the tip of your nose. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah mm-hmm. The actual liquid. I don't think anyone's ever said get your nose wet to me. Yeah. You got to get your nose I, wet. I also have not heard that yeah. term. Okay. Okay. No, no. You you find it, uh, and then I'll take a sip. Mm, and then I'll kind of look introspective for a few minutes. <laughs> what um, what flavor profiles come to mind now that you've just taken a sip? Um, I'm tasting grapes and olive and just kind of just a general sense of happiness. Yeah, that's, that's the, the worst My part, brain starts to feel really good. The worst thing you can do is ask someone to tell you what they're tasting oh. in words. It is like, it's actually a really mean trick. For an expert <laughs> to ask a novice that? To really ask anyone. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, if you ask an expert, like, you know, experts love to talk about the, you know, it's basically just a vocabulary trick. Right, like for you sure. you sit around this table and then you actually... You like research like how many different types of red flowers you can reference or white flowers if you're tasting a red mm. wine or a white wine. Yeah. Or like how many it's different like, types of cherry mm, are there. So chrysanthemum. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in all seriousness, that I really like this. It was so good. It was so I can't sweet. describe so, what makes me like it, but I know that I like it. What's really cool is that you said olive because there is like a saline aspect, like a saltiness to this wine. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and not exactly so, what I was trying to say. Yeah, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was actually impressed. It's right on the tip of your nose. I, you almost I, said it. Usually, people would right say. on the tip of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm starting to think what the phrase I'm thinking of is um, get your toes wet. 
That's oh for sure. That's what uh, you, yeah. that's what human people say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also I've been getting my I've been saying get my nose wet. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Have you been saying that? Like just with well, wine. That, that means that's, here's, here's the thing. Well. I don't know if that's what I've been saying. Listen, or not. as a comedian, mm-hmm. that means do cocaine. I think that probably. Oh, I'm sure if you say that in a club, someone I would offer imagine. you something you don't want. So yeah. when I when new comedians are like Andrew, how do you start stand up? I'm like, well, you just gotta uh, get your nose wet. They'll say, cool, follow me to the bathroom. And then they, <laughs> that's why all the comedians I've been helping start comedy have had to go to rehab. Exactly. That's Told why. Them to get their nose wet. I was like, man, yeah. I'm having terrible luck with these guys. Bad, bad, bad. Um, so what did he do that was weird? Because I know there is a certain way to slosh. Also, you so, want to hold it by the stem and all that stuff, right? Yeah, so you, you were holding it. On it the table you were, like that yep, better? you can do that too. I didn't want to exactly. do that because the podcast. But so here. when we swirl the wine, we're actually doing it so that we can get more aromatics off the glass, right? It kind of uh, volatizes those aromatic compounds that are kind of stuck on the the wine. It kind of sends them up through the glass. Got it. So swirling is hard, right? Because if you're not used to it, you kind of do this thing where it just goes back and forth. Or, or just spin the stem a little right. bit, but which feels you, cool. If you get this kind of comfortable concentric circle thing going, then you can, you know, you can get a good swirl. You're going, and then if, if you're not seeing this, he's Tim's going so hard. If we do that, we're ruining all of our equipment. Don't right. do that, Andrew. And I can do it. I without, think I can do it. Without, it looks like he's holding a shake weight. Just without getting your uh, nose wet, you can kind of yeah just go right off the top of the glass. Mm, and then this you, one tastes kind of like my nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's where the saline was coming yeah, from. Yeah, maybe that's where the olive was coming from. Um, but yeah, you know that that does help to smell the wine. And then uh, I mean, really, the the walls coming down, we would call those legs. Um, legs which sometimes can tell us how much alcohol is in the wine because alcohol sounds like those creeps might have come up with that <laughs> yeah that's right yeah yeah some of the old man they're called uh, legs yeah um but it can tell us sometimes alcohol has uh glycerin or like higher levels of viscosity so the higher the alcohol it might be thicker which used to be considered a good thing the trend back when i said it <laughs> well uh, yeah like two decades ago um that's when i was born so yeah well, true well art i was eight which is when i yeah. began my journey with wine, with wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so generally the trend is coming much further down towards low alcohol which this is probably 12 and a half percent alcohol there's pretty, alcohol pretty low this? alcohol <laughs> yeah <laughs> disclaimer aaron do we need to do a disclaimer yeah we should yeah there's alcohol in this <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Don't try man. this uh, at home unless you're 21 years old. But really, I think the most important things are you should assess, you should look at the wine, right? Like, yes, we can tell this is a white wine. Yeah. But you can also tell if your wine is bad. Like, if this wine was like really this like dark yellow or kind of burnt orange color, it could be really old wine that's really good and just like in yeah. that part of its evolution. But if your wine is like a year or two old and it's that color, like, you can just know that it's bad. Hmm. I had no idea. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. What? If it looks there's like a, there's Gatorade. Yeah. It's either right. really good or really bad. <laughs> right. Or it's Gatorade. Yeah. Or it is Gatorade. Um, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically look, smell, taste, right? Yeah. And the um, the the list of reasons I I love you is endless, Tim. Uh, but I think maybe at the top is that you're so smart. You know so much about wine, but. Maybe it's because you're a sommelier in Georgia, like in the southeast. You can talk to people that know nothing. Yeah. And like it, it's easy to digest, which I really appreciate. Like everything you just did, the the Zoom classes we did, like I always left being like, I kinda understood that, which is wild. Yeah, I think uh that just goes back to like how do you not lose people? Yeah. And I mean, if let's just take going to the doctor, right? Like when doctors start talking about medical terms and prone or supine positions or like, you know, what, I don't even know what those words mean. I, I think I've heard them at one point, I don't, yeah. but it's just like, okay, is there like an interpreter that can help me? And right. I think that's the same with any profession once you get to a high enough level. But at the end of the day, like we need to engage people where they are. And I think wine is such a great vehicle to do that because you don't have to know anything about wine to really enjoy it. Sure. That's true. Um, you know, and I think there's also this connection to humanity. I mean, people have been making wine for as long as there's been language. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the history of wine and man goes back thousands of years. And, um, 
it's pretty special that today we can find out things about culture and history and geography and music and food and and everything that's been sort of tied in to humanity through wine and to skip over all that to talk about the super technical sciencey terms which i love i love to study that stuff but you're just you know, you're just going right over the mass of people yeah. that you should be engaging. That's not with. for everybody. That's for <laughs> yeah. the top 0.1% like you. But yeah, right. I mean, in any job, when you have to communicate with people, the big part is figuring out, okay, what level do I need to communicate to this person at? Because if they do love wine a ton and know a lot, then you should talk to them the way that you would want to talk to them. But to us, you should talk to us like we're trying wine for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we are. This is yeah. our first time trying alcohol. Yeah, this is going, I feel great. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to drive home. Uh, <laughs> um, Aaron, you, um, on your Instagram today, said, having a sommelier on, anyone have any questions? Yeah. I have one question before we kick that off, because okay. I have one that I've been wanting to ask. Wine has been around for such a long time, right? It's even in the Bible, which was billions of years ago, said, I think. Um, was the wine back then like it is now? Was the process for how they used to make it? similar to how they make it now or was it way different such a great question and um so what's really cool is today like the renaissance the the super cool guys and gals that are making wine are going back to the ancient sort of processes Mm -hmm. but science and agriculture have come so far and are under i mean you know we didn't even know what yeast was uh you know a couple hundred years ago so we didn't really know anything about how things happen or spoilage or you know bacteria and different things that can sort of ruin wine wine was terrible forever (laughs) like the whole the, the whole like great vintage thing you know that's like almost a moot point today a great vintage, uh, you know, a hundred years ago was just when it was like warm enough and sunny enough, sunny enough. And there wasn't like a major problem that completely ruined the wine. It was just the right conditions to where the grapes made enough sugar before they were harvested to make an alcohol level of like 11%. That was like, you are rocking. We got to 11%. It doesn't matter what it tastes like. <laughs> we don't have to add sugar to it. Like it's, it, it did its thing. We made wine yeah, and it didn't spoil. That was like killer wine. Yeah. And then, um, this crazy little pest and a bug called an aphid was brought, uh, once, you know, international travel started happening a little bit, uh, more often it was brought from the U S which we have this different species of grape vines that have very thick, um, stems or, or uh, uh, roots and this bug is is a u.s bug uh, aphid called phylloxera and it basically uses its nose to like drill through the the vine and and suck out the nutrients well the european rootstock didn't have that thick exterior so when these bugs were brought over mm. like seriously it decimated the whole world except for really sandy soil because the bugs couldn't, like, the sand would push. They couldn't, like, couldn't push. walk on it. Yeah, except for real. Or Chile, like the Andes Mountains. The, yeah. the bugs mm. didn't get over it. But, like, when phylloxera happened, the whole world was ruined. And people, like, they flooded their vineyards. They, like, they did these, like, weird gas things and tried chemicals. And, like, nothing worked. And it just slowly took over. Like, all of Europe was decimated. What year was that? Like That, uh, that was, like, the 1830. I want to say like 1830s that okay. started. I was just trying to picture, like, did um, it come over on Delta Airlines? Or yeah, was it like no. on a ship? <laughs> what, do you, what do you picture in 1830? Was it... Uh, oh, gosh. So anyway... <laughs> I have no idea. Basically, yeah. in the last um, hundred years, winemaking has come farther. I would say in the last, like, 60 years, winemaking has gone... Winemaking has improved more in the last 60 years than it did in the previous 6,000. Wow. Like we are in the absolute golden zone of wine. Yeah. So much so that people can go back to picking grapes and putting them in clay jars and just letting them ferment because we know so much and we can grow such healthy grapes that that can happen. And that was sort of like the old school way of doing it. That's well, awesome. 
Yeah. There's, you know, now it, a wine from 50 years ago is so nice and fancy and rare, right? Or however long ago. Yeah, sure. But what about like 50 years from now? Is it just going to be not a big deal because we've gotten so good at it? Well, uh, the interesting thing is um, today's cult, like I would say I was having this conversation with uh, some, maybe it was a retail shop owner or another wine professional. And I think they were saying that, you know, most wine is consumed within a day of it being purchased. Right. And yeah. then they went further and said, truthfully, most wine is probably consumed within a half an hour of it being <laughs> <Yeah>. purchased. <laughs> like, you swing that, by public. That for, is the yeah. consumerism of today, right? So um, it's getting more and more rare to find old wines. Like this white wine we're drinking is 2016. That's old for white wine. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and wine starts to change in really cool ways uh, with a little bit of age. So I hope we we have enough people with the, the foresight to continue to age wine. But like restaurants don't want to do it anymore. It's a ton of capital invested. Uh, retail shops don't want to do it anymore. I mean, you know, capitalism says, hey, you've got to bring in inventory and move it and get in fresh inventory, right? Mm-hmm. It's taking up space, right? Yeah, I mean, so... Outside and you know the the really sad thing is all these great collectors that that brought in like the best wines from France fifty years ago, um, they're moving on. You know, like like dying, moving yeah, on. And their kids might not and care as much. Th- their wives and kids are basically sending those to the auction. Mm, yeah, and so like the opportunity to drink, um, even some regions that I grew up with, you know, that, that were accessible in my twenties from producers that were very good or great like you can't touch them anymore unless either to buy the new vintage it's just too expensive or too highly allocated um or you know just you you just can't get your hands on it yeah um i have one more me question before we go to the instagram source questions um and we, we talked about this already several times with you know the kind of pretentious things people say they taste or you know, just speaking like you're speaking a different language. What are things you've heard from either other Psalms or... Because I know you've heard so many things because you're a down-to-earth guy and you're like, that person is yeah. the worst. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's this really... I'm sure people deal with this in all professions or like, you know, whatever. you. Can, but like, sometimes you hear things and you're just like, I would... Like that, you know, did you really... like? can you really smell that? Exactly. Like, did yeah. You, like, are you really tasting this? Come on. Right. What are the, what are those things? Are they like, but then sometimes it's also like, I really need to use that. So, I mean, a lot of what we do in tasting, like when I started in a blind tasting group, I knew no, I had zero vocabulary, like as nervous as it would be. If I told you to give me three fruit and three non-fruit characters from that wine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like what you just <laughs> asked Andrew. He's just making stuff right. up. Yeah. But if you say it confidently, right. like it doesn't but like, really. And, well, and the florals are like the, you know, like I've heard someone say stargazer lily. <laughs> All right. Are like, these people out here like, tasting flowers? Like, is that a spaceship? Like that's in Star Trek, right? I don't know what that yes, is. That is right. Clearly, you have a side job arranging flowers, or you you researched different types Definitely. of flowers. And I'll be and the first to admit, I have gone on the internet and researched different floral characteristics, yeah. different types of fruit. Right. Like if we say um, banana. We have to know the difference between an underripe, a ripe, an overripe, and a cooked banana. Wow. And so, you know, scientifically, yes, if you peel a green banana and smell it, and then the next day later you smell that banana and it's just ripe, and three days it's overripe, and then you cook it, very different aromatics. So there is some truth to it. I think a lot of it is uh, this pressure to feel like you can name six different things in each category, whether they're there or not. And mm. that's sort of what separates the the people that are learning from like the real professionals. Like, <clears throat> you know, the whole less is more thing, like people that really master something towards the end of their career, it's more about what they can take away or accomplish without doing things. Right. With wine, it's sort of the same way. Like how can you get to the root or the essence of this wine in the fewest words possible? Yeah. So... 
Yeah, Star, Stargazer Lily is probably that's pretty Stargazer Lily. <laughs> I was wondering if there's ever just someone who's just like, mm, that, oh. that's Cincinnati Bridge right and there. Yeah. What? Well, you know, well, this was actually, you know, we talked about... Um, some location. <laughs> we talked about some of the scandal and things that were going on, but like culturally too, it's been a white person's game, right? Mm. And so I have friends that are Korean and uh, Thai and, you know, all different cultures. And they grow up with different... Um, uh, aromatics in the way that they cook their foods and uh, just the things that grow naturally right. in their environments. Because forever and, it's just been like, mm, that is that is old mayonnaise. Just like well, just a white person <laughs> yeah. nonsense. All the right. references it's, are from it's, it's white like, people's cabinets. Right. Vanilla, yeah. clove, and ginger, and thyme, and bay, and rosemary. Like no, like you know, no other spices were allowed. Yeah, and to the point where like, if these people used real connections that they had you know scent is like our biggest memory connection mm -hmm. um in terms of sensory um connection to the brain and so these are real things for for some of these people and they were docked points because it wasn't like accepted language and so i don't want to poo-poo it too much because um i also truthfully like i'm a terrible taster it was my worst um <clears throat> it was the thing i had to work the hardest to sort mm -hmm. of accomplish I don't have like a natural gift for smelling and picking up aromatics. Um, and so, you know, basically everything anyone says seems ludicrous to me. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, Same. Right, like, so that's, yeah, that's wonderful. Right, exactly. But, um, but no, so, some of, of it's real and some of it's just people showing off, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things where like, yeah, you might be born with a great nose that can pick up that stuff and sometimes you aren't. Sometimes you can't really just like learn, right? Or it's harder no. to learn than it might be more oh, natural for, for sure. someone else. So. My wife, you know, I mean, she she worked in the restaurant business as well, but I mean, her note, I will actually ask her to tell me what she smells uh, like, bef like every time before the wine show mm -hmm. when I was kind of researching the wines and tasting them, you know, to come up with some things to say about them. I would have her smell it every single time. Her sense of smell. And I think like genetically most women like if you were to put a box around women and men women have a better sense of smell than men so interesting yeah there's definitely a natural gift to it that's awesome all right, right. well here we go uh, all right let's get to the speed round i mean these these people are just <laughs> outrageous which that's the kind of people that's the kind of following i want to curate you know what i mean these are, these are all people that enjoy aaron's content yeah there's i got like you know best wine to butt chug we're not going to talk about that <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna assume tim you don't know that <laughs> answer tim of so all not, the wines you've butt chugged. yeah so i'm not gonna ask you that i'm sure you that don't is know. a that is an enema right i think so that's an enneagram that's an enneagram that's an enneagram yeah, yeah. that's a um, that's a seven okay <laughs> Can you tell me any redeeming qualities about boxed wine? I like it, but I hide it when people come over. Ooh, you, sh this person, he or she is um, wrong to hide. Box wine is having a renaissance, just like all different types of wine. So redeeming qualities. One, um, it stays good forever. Yeah. Right? No mm -hmm. oxygen gets in. Like that is a bag that just so like, like six or seven weeks. Off. And it's perfect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, two. As science and agriculture have come so far, like we talked about earlier, the quality of just general bulk wine that used to be considered gross, like if it's made by a, a co-op that's like real farmers and real people or, or by a, a landowner that just has a lot of land and makes extra bulk wine, um, there is not, I mean, some of the great importers in the world, like some of the most respected are now making box wine. Uh, and actually the last restaurant that I, uh, opened and worked at here in Atlanta before I jumped into importing, uh, I had three wines on the menu that were served in carafe only, and it was all box wine. That's awesome. And the, that's not on the advertisement for that, I'm sure, because uh, just because of the stigma. Well, I didn't advertise it as box wine, but it was right. listed as house wine, house, house white, wine. house red and house, um, yeah. rosé. Smart. That's so, brilliant. I never thought about doing that. Yeah. Like presenting my box wine to it looks fancy. Yeah. And well, a carafe. Yeah. House wine used to be like any restaurant you went to, like if you just wanted a glass of wine, you got house wine. And then it became like very, you know, out of style, like very quickly. Like restaurants that had a house wine were like lost in the, you know, 80s basically. Mm. And um, 
you know, I was probably on the leading edge of the curve. There probably weren't too many people pouring box wine. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, every great retail shop that you go into independently owned should have some, um, some good box wine options. Cool. There All you right. go. We'll, we don't need to be uh, so ashamed. So don't, don't be ashamed. Yes. And black box, Boda box sponsor us. All right. I shouldn't have listed two competitors. That's not good. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, if they want us to kick the other one out of our mentions, make us the best offer. They know what to do. It's about to be a bidding yeah, war. Yeah, it's a price war. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Let's. We got a bunch to run through. Why does red wine make me sleepy? Hmm. That's um. That's a good question. There are lots of different um, chemical compounds in wine. Some things make people itchy, some things make people sleepy, some things give people headaches. Uh, unfortunately, everyone blames it on sulfites. Okay. Uh, Is that a bug? Is that uh, another bug? No, another... no that's uh, sul- sulfur, um, oh, which, right. which is used, um, unfortunately, in bulk wine production historically, sulfur became this sort of cure-all like you could grow really unhealthy grapes but if you dumped enough sulfur on them uh, at harvest and then again during fermentation and then again before bottling uh, like no bacteria could grow and like the wine the yeast could not re-ferment in the bottle like all, all these things that plagued wine like couldn't happen if you just used enough sulfur there's been this massive pushback against sulfur because of how it interferes with people um but what most people don't realize is like even in conventional wine that uses a ton of sulfur, um, dried fruit has like 10 times the amount of sulfites in it that wine does. Hmm. And now there's this big push for winemakers to use no sulfur. And so we're seeing this um, zero sulfur, they call it zero, zero, nothing added, nothing taken away, like natural wine like it was yeah. you know, 5,000 years ago. Um, and that is another question is what do you think about this natural wine craze and is it here to stay? Yeah, so I mean... I like to talk about sort of the, the pendulum or the swing. I guess we didn't answer the sleepy thing, but it's it's a much bigger uh, subject. Yeah. But um, it, it's basically due to chemical compounds and the way they affect different people. Um, and there's lots of different ones that... You're you know, sensitive you to have. sulfites. Yeah, or, yeah. or not sulfites, um, you know, other other things. Something else, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that's the scapegoat, Aaron. <clears throat> yeah, the sulfites. sulfites. I always get the bad rap. Yeah. Although if somebody said, hey, uh, do you want your wine with or without sulfur? I would be like, uh, without? That sounds so bad for you. <laughs> sounds <laughs> well, stinky. So, so that is the movement, right? Like as, <laughs> and especially like the US culture and, and um, everything's moving towards like green and clean and low impact and low manipulation. And those are all great things. I mean, when I was coming up in wine, the trend was like 200% oak on 16% alcohol Chardonnay that, you know, was harvested six weeks later than like it basically turned into a prune on the vine because they wanted these like super rich flavors. And then they put it in oak barrels that were toasted like whiskey barrels and the alcohol was super high. And like, that was the two thousands Chardonnay. Like people paid a premium for that. So to see this trend swing back towards like, hey, we're just going to farm and like let nature do its thing and harvest at the right time and try to manipulate the wine as little as possible, I think that it's great. I would much rather have the pendulum swinging that way than how it was swinging when I was coming up in wine. Mm. Unfortunately, um, if you're not very talented... um, and you choose to just jump on the trend of natural winemaking, your wine will be flawed and bacterial blooms will happen and re-fermentation will happen and volatile acidity will happen. And all of these things that you have to learn through a ton of experience and really, really being able to farm very well in the vineyard to, to get healthy grapes to make wine. Um, so some people do it. Some people can make truly transcendent, beautiful wine with no sulfur. Um, also shipping it from like, you might go have this wine with no sulfur in Europe and say, Oh my God, like I need, I need like 50 cases of this. And in transcontinental shipping, the wine just falls apart Hmm. because sulfur protects wine. Wow. So long answer. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super, we have a lot of, uh, this producer here, you know, very non-interventional, um, they're not afraid to use sulfur. They use the minimal amount possible. And who is that? Uh, Fideo Stacuto. And they're, um, they're in Ribera Sacra. 
uh, sort of uh, northwestern Spain. South Carolina. Oh, Spain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, Columbia, South um, Carolina. So, you know, I think it's like anything. If you go too far um, to one pole or the other, yeah. uh, things can get a little haywire. All right, let's not get political here, Tim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one, uh, we're now, I'm now tasting the, the red. Is yeah. it, what type of why don't you uh, why don't just pronounce that label for me? It's a Cortezada. That's Thank perfect. You, that is Fidos de Couto Cortezada, and this is pure. Um, it's an indigenous grape to Spain. Uh, you guys probably never heard of it. Most people probably haven't, unless you're into wine. Hey, don't judge us like that. No, no, no. no we I'm, may have heard of it. Okay, it's called Mencia. Or if you yeah, want to speak, oh, in the, yeah. like, if you want to speak in yeah. the yeah. King's tongue, joke. you would say yeah. Mencia. Yeah, don't Mencia. do don't do your act if someone's drinking this wine in the room. <laughs> That uh, is an inside comedy very joke. Very inside joke. Um, I missed it. Uh, just in case anyone else missed it, I, Carlos Mencia, he had a big career, but he stole everyone's jokes. That was the whole thing. Yeah, oh. people would stop doing their acts if he was in the room because they knew he would be paying attention. He'd be poaching. Yeah. Um, I'm getting cinnamon from this. Am I an idiot? Whoa, whoa. Let me try no. it first. Hold on. Cinnamon's super cool. I think there's mm. like, um, there's definitely like a, a peppery component. And if it's getting trending a little sweeter than that could be perceived as cinnamon yeah i feel like you were trying to find a way to tell me i was right but i really appreciate it <laughs> oh i was trying to find a way to tell you you were wrong you, yeah like oh, letting okay. you down easy oh, okay you weren't even okay yeah. that's yeah. Well, it's, yeah it's peppery you dumb idiot it's not yeah. cinnamon you know how cinnamon and pepper kind of taste the same <laughs> exactly uh there is kind of cool um like graphite or metal thing going on here can you guys pick up on that like uh no. I haven't eaten a lot of metal yeah. on purpose. Yeah. How can you know if something tastes like something? That, like, how do these people, I talked about it, said it earlier, but like they're yeah. eating flowers all the time? I guess it's just aroma. Uh, that, you that know means, the aroma yeah, yeah. of those things. Yeah, which smelling kinda flowers. Lets you but know. like, it's, have you it's guys, like if we ate this and you're like, this tastes like the gym. I mean, have you guys yeah. ever. <laughs> like it's metal. <laughs> have you guys ever like, like, swung a hammer and used a nail or anything look like that. Look at us, dude. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, sometimes you Word. put a nail in your mouth to hold it while you're, like, oh, that's holding true. the other nail. And, yeah. like, there's uh, a flavor yeah, to that true. that's sort of metallic. I do or, like that. Or, like, you know. That was I mean, a heck of an example. I don't know where you were going. <laughs> sometimes I'll... Didn't you ever, like, chew on your pencil and, like, taste that, like, graphite yeah. kind of thing? I've and eaten so much metal. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've tasted so much more stuff than I thought. Right. So that's what I mean. I had it's braces? Like, it's, yeah, right. You've had braces. Yeah. You metal mouth. <laughs> I mean, like, this just, tastes just like you, eighth grade insecurity. Just you saying braces <laughs> made me think about what it tasted yeah. like to have braces. And I could in taste those rubber bands. Like, I get that. All yeah. Right. The rub, so that's rubber is, like, a really cool tasting. Um, component no, too no well no it's, it's not, not. But, but it's a cool connection or like do you guys ever or remember the pencil thing you do rubber pen, it's right. both. do you guys ever remember when um you had well i had braces like all over my mouth my mouth is still messed up because i didn't wear my retainer as long as i should <laughs> well just so you know i've never thought that once well thank you yeah. i try to not smile as much as possible that's so um, sad okay it's a good life plan <laughs> did you guys ever like playing sports if you had uh braces and you got hit in the mouth and like your lip just went through mm -hmm. the brace yeah Yep. And then you taste blood, right? Yep. That was my first kiss. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I cut my mouth my first kiss. Did she you was, have did you have she had braces? No, I did. She didn't. She didn't. But did you, you didn't cut, cut her, her mouth? mouth. Whose blood? I was cut it? my mouth because she was forceful. She hit my face. Oh. So it was not her first kiss, obviously. I think, or it, maybe it, was, it, was. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was, I think it was both. I don't she, know. She'd been getting really into wine, and she's like, "I need a taste of that <laughs> yeah. metal, yeah. so I can." I don't want to kiss. I want a mouth slam. So I mean, this was 2019, or yeah, yeah, it was pandemic. It's 2020. <laughs> yeah. Your teeth um, look great, man. Thank you. But anyway, you know, like even blood, like that kind of iron thing, right? There's high iron content, and like so. That's anyway. There's lots mm. of different ways we can kind of pick up on tasting characteristics. What was the question? Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> Oh, we went back to talking about the red. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, last question here. A lot of questions about this. I bet you could guess the question or could you guess it? If is, I said like, is wine vegan? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. My followers? <laughs> no, it's, it's the best one that said this was, uh, what wine pairs best with having $15? The question is if I'm going to a grocery store, if you know, the, the most people that follow me, they're probably not killing it. Yeah, right. They they're right. they're they just salt in the earth. The bleakly wiggly. Exactly. Yeah. So they're like, on a budget, what's the best thing to get? What do you like? So this is this is a hundred percent honest and true. Um 
same as the box wine thing. Do not be ashamed of asking for help with a $15 bottle of wine. Uh, the game has come so far with inexpensive wine. The best advice I can give you is to not go to Trader Joe's or Publix or the Piggly Wiggly and actually go to an independent store where you can walk in and say, Hey, I've got 15 bucks and I'm looking for a cool red wine. Yeah. What do you, because at independent stores, they taste every single bottle that comes in and they make the personal decision to say, Hey, I believe in this and I'm going to, you know, or they're given like a whole bunch of money to put it on the shelf. That doesn't happen too often, but (laughs) you know, it's sales. So things happen. But for real, like if you've got a local wine shop, I couldn't encourage anyone listening more than to go introduce yourself, try three different bottles of $15 wine, and then be armed with the information to know which one of those you liked the best and start a journey with that business owner to say, Hey, I like this one. Like you don't have to have all the flashy graphite metal flowers words, right? It's I've tried these three. I like this one the best. I want something more like it or a little bit different in this way. And then everything like you have a marker for what wine you like and why and where you want to go. And that person can help you. Right. And you it, start to have real preferences and uh, you're not just working from zero information. Uh, yeah. Every time you pick out a bottle at the grocery store based on the label, yeah, you get zero back from that. Right. <laughs> and it's a, it's a total crap. That's shoot true. Anyway. I see the, the Coppola one and I'm like, Oh, it reminds me of the Godfather. I like <laughs> the branding and I drink that. I don't even know what it tastes like. I, I always get Bonanza. Because because the show I love the show yeah. and it's that, we are so, so dumb Tim yeah, thank you no, for doing I'm but, just yeah. but but this is sorry you have to right? talk to us Goodness about this gracious this, but now I'm going to chug this wine this is human life though right like I, I am susceptible to that like I pick out my dish detergent the same way you know like or, what does that mean you grew up by the ocean so you no, like tides I just what mean is, that like you know mm-hmm. we're all susceptible to marketing and when yeah. you go to the mass production level it's just some algorithm saying this is what a white man that Aaron is Aaron Tuning's age and demographic is going to want. And we paid to put it on the shelf at eye level. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So what would like a hot guy with a perfect beard pick? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it's not, right. It's not funny. So, um, so anyway, yeah, wine is a hundred percent, um, as much marketing as anything else. If you're just, you know, picking blindly. Yeah. So yeah, well, that is buy, a fantastic local retailer. Fantastic yeah. answer. Yeah. Buy your groceries from the grocery store. Buy your wine from a wine store. Yeah. Adopt. Don't shop. Or check this out. Have you guys heard of Fresh Harvest? Little plug here. Yes, my friend Zach Harrison started it. Um, blowing my mind. It is a CSA that, and and I love. What does CSAs. CSA mean? I think of Confederate States of America because of how I was community raised. supported agriculture. <laughs> That's Snellville okay. Education coming from Aaron's but microphone. They make it like idiot proof you actually get to go in and customize every week the exact vegetables you want from local farmers right here in georgia all organic and they deliver it to your door with zero waste it comes in these um uh reusable like industrial plastic boxes with an ice pack and uh like a what do you call those like sun insulators like the what is that stuff called I don't know. It's like it's like tin foil, but insulation. Yeah, we keep... we have so much waste. I don't know what that <laughs> Any, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you take your vegetables out of this package, right? And then you put it outside on the side of your house. And when they come back the next week, they take the old stuff and drop off a new one. There is zero waste. It's awesome. I might start eating vegetables. I it's and I mean, you want to talk about how to get better with picking out stuff in wine? get some local produce from your local farmers and cut it on a cutting board and then just stick your nose in it. Oh, yeah. Game changer. Stick your nose in it. Uh, get your nose get wet. Get your nose wet. <laughs> I, mean, I think we've come full circle to just yeah. getting your nose wet. That's true. Man. Wow. All right. That's this the was, title of the episode. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. How can people find you either online or at your company, or your stores, like where, where well, can people find yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, check me out on Instagram mm-hmm. at T Willard zero six. Uh, you'll get some, uh, some very spotty, uh, cat posts. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm a cat daddy and we are cat rescue people. 
We're also dog rescue people. Really, anything with four legs will rescue. How many how many animals do you have? We're not going to talk about it on wow. the podcast. Because it's illegal? Is it too yeah. many? We no, can, it's not illegal. It's, nothing, it's <laughs> nothing crazy. Radical pet adoption. But uh, most of what you'll get is wine content. And and I would say fairly cutting edge. I, I represent about 40 producers that are really doing some of the coolest stuff in wine. And so if you want to be hip to that stuff, check me out on Instagram. Uh, the portfolio is called Indigo USA. That's also on Instagram. Most of the time it's cross-posted. Um, and then uh, you can hit me up, Tim at EuropeanSellers.com. Uh, if you want to send me an email. And, and sellers I, as in wine sellers, like C. That's that's right. Yeah. Not um, selling, uh, but yeah. Like but also seller. you will sell. It's a double meaning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got a really cool event that uh, I'll tell you about. That's this Sunday, which will be after the podcast airs. But um should we just skip it? He, this is going to come out. Yeah. It's are gonna you be, doing, are yeah. you going to be doing more? But yes, I will be doing yeah, more. So, so, so tell us about what they're like. So anyway, w- uh, we represent a Swiss portfolio, which Swiss wine is very rare. The Swiss consume it's very neutral. 98% of the wine that they make in country. Whoa. Cool. Selfish. Super selfish. <laughs> so we have six producers and uh, I've partnered with the uh, general cons- uh, the consulate general of Switzerland in Atlanta as well as the Alliance Francaise and Gotha Zentrum, the uh, the German-speaking um, uh, cultural center here in Atlanta, and we're putting on a Swiss wine event um, at Bold Monk uh, this Sunday, and so we're going to open like nine different bottles by the glass, by the bottle, Swiss-inspired food, and uh, it'll be my first wine event um, since the wine show, first live event since COVID. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, follow Tim to keep an eye out for more events like that. Yeah, if you shoot me an email, I'll put you on the list, and uh, I promise I won't spam you. It's but, a good list. It's um, one of the few newsletter I, lists that I'm I'm happy I'm on. Yeah, I, I never send more than one a month. Yeah, <laughs> I recently great. went through and started unsubscribing from a bunch of stuff on emails, and that was not one that I unsubscribed from for sure. Yeah, it should be fun. I'd love to um, love to answer your questions too. I'm actually pretty accessible, so if you hit me up on Instagram with uh, any questions we didn't answer. Uh, or via email, I'm happy to uh, shoot you a quick note. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we only got to probably a third of the questions. And <laughs> yeah. so like, yeah, hit up Tim on Instagram. He's the best. He'll talk to you. Yeah. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for bringing some wine and talking to us. Yeah. I feel you? smarter somehow. Me too. I'm going to, yeah, this is, this was awesome. What is your, I like, I, I think this is driving Aaron crazy. I like to ask our guests at the end. What do you use your email sign off? Like, do you do best? Yeah, so I thank actually, you. I was just listening to your first podcast yep. and, oh, thank um, you. I switched to best uh, about three years ago and I really thought like this is progressive like this is simple you know but, but elegant too much it's ele- yeah I just mm-hmm. it also felt a little British which I it's feel like, like well, and from always, a wine guy yeah like European seller seems European you know? but yeah. uh, in the last year I've actually switched it up to no sign off just your name or no name it's no <laughs> they have they have your name at the top they don't yeah. need to know your name or again. do you so, write no sign off comma tim yeah so no like we have these you know like a company signature that everyone yeah, has logo. some information and logo and that sort of thing and so i just took the best out and um you know it's really funny i don't know if you guys notice this but in anyone that works in like a business setting the amount of email content you can put that actually gets read shrinks by 30 percent like every three weeks it's almost like the technology like in like the way technology increases exponentially the amount that people will read or listen to you for in an email shrinks that uh cut out all the fat i've cut out all the fat we no longer wish you the best yeah but just please read this like pretty soon i i try to include pictures as much as possible and, and less words that's awesome yeah so no sign off for me cool just well, tim in that case no